You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Now that heart is beating fast, and that's the rhythm I can dance to. I'm mighty glad I've got a chance to, that one big heart that's beating fast. Tomorrow morning, let it rain. Tomorrow morning, let it pour. Tonight we're in the groove together. Ain't gonna worry about stormy weather. Gonna kick all trouble out the door. Beat out old trouble and drunk. Beat out old trouble and drum. Beat out old trouble and drum. And kick old trouble out the door. Beat me that rhythm on the drum. Beat me that rhythm on the drum. Beat me that rhythm on the drum. And kick old trouble out the door. Kick him 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 out the Welcome to Radical Australia and Community Radio 3CR. This program is streaming on 3cr.org.au. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. My name is Joseph Toscano, the world's greatest producer. Kelly Whitworth is on the other side of the screen to protect... <laughs> Excuse me. Are you uh, self-praising yourself? that in. Self-praising yourself Slip again. Slip that one in. My old mum would say the only good praise is self-praise. That's right. And that's, that's what you do. I took at. your advice, you know. I took it on board and well, I slipped that in. Well, you are young. You are young. Now, you put your hand in the guest barrel. I mean, this is the Snowtown edition of <laughs> Radical Australia. And oh, you, why do you say that? <laughs> you don't get the joke, do you? No. <laughs> I'm sure our guest, Stephanie Sabrinskis, would get the joke. How are you, Stephanie? I'm pretty good, Joe, and I don't get the joke. No, of course you don't, because it's so obscure. Only Joe gets it. It's not obscure. (laughs) Anybody listening to this program who's anybody would get the joke. What's Snowtown famous for? Murders. Yes, and where did they put the bodies? In the barrel. So Kelly put her hand in the Snowtown barrel ah, and pulled you out. That Stephanie. would be every week. Every week I put that's, my hand in the barrel. That's right. Yeah, that's so really abstract. It is. <laughs> oh, God, these young people. Get yeah, used you know. to it. Yeah. Now, now, Steph- <laughs> now, Stephanie, obviously you're young because you didn't get the joke. What year, <laughs> what, what year were you? I was born in 1988, the bicentennial year. Really? Yeah. I remember 1988 as if it was yesterday. <laughs> Good, yeah. I think, I think, how old was I? Oh, I won't tell you that. I think it was 37. I could be a grandfather. Oh, father, Stephanie. I think I'll be a grandfather. Yeah. <laughs> now, Stephanie, that's an interesting name. We'll talk about that in a minute. But, uh, no, not Stephanie, but <laughs> Sabrinskis. Now, what's the first thing you remember about being on planet Earth? Well, the very first thing I remember... Um, is going on holidays with my family and um, not knowing how to swim and jumping into a swimming pool and everyone panicking and then promptly getting me swimming lessons. Why did they panic? 
did you jump in the deep end, did you? Yeah, I jumped in the deep end and floated all the way down to the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Is this this normal behaviour for you? You kind of well, jump in the deep end and... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I guess it is, and I do love the water. So. <laughs> right. Now, Sabrinkus, where does that come from? So it's a Lithuanian name. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Are you sure you're not from Albania? No, definitely not Albania, definitely Lithuania. Yeah, it's interesting. It's got the ear on the end, so. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because there's a, a lot of little plays in, the, in that region. Because if you're Albanian and you move to Macedonia, you had to change your name and put SKI ski at the end of your name. I was just wondering if, but you, yours is SKIS. Ah, yeah. So I was just well, wondering if there was something there that the SKIS. You know, so in um, Lithuanian, like my name would be Sabrinska. Uh, Sabrinska. Um, yeah. Or Sabrinska because I'm a female. So they have the gendered N. Mm hmm. Um, so scus is usually the male end, and skys is the female end. Mm. So does that, that, that causes confusion in families. Um, well, I'm not sure. I've never been to Lithuania um, before, but I think they'd be used to it there. Right. So you've never been, never been back. No, no. So were you born in this fair land? Yes, I was. Where? Well, I'm. I was born in Ballarat, mm. and yeah, wasn't there for very long—a few weeks—and then, <laughs> and then, moved to Maui with my family. Really? Mm. Yeah. So you're a Maui girl. I'm not. Yes, I'm that's not going. Right. I'm not going to make any jokes about <laughs> Ugg boots. All right. I'm not uh, it's actually moccasins, Joe. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you've gone up in the world. Ugg boots is these days. <laughs> it used to be mockies. That, that, that's, that's, that's been really rude, saying. You yeah, yeah. You got, you've kind of gone up, up, up as they say. Um, so all your life in Maui? Yeah, well, I lived in Melbourne for a few years, for mm. about nine years, mm. and then I moved back a few years ago came back home. All right. Let's, let's start at the beginning. So uh, both your parents from Lithuania? So my dad's Lithuanian and my mum is Dutch. Well, uh, yeah, their family are Dutch. They Both their families came over as part of the Displaced Persons Program mm -hmm. um, after World War Two. Well, that's, that, that's interesting that your family, uh, your mother's side came to Australia as part of the Displaced Family Program because I don't think there were that many Dutch that came across. Were they... Jewish or? No, they weren't Jewish. Hmm. Hmm. But obviously there were many Lithuanians. We used to call them, I remember when we were little kids, we used to call them the, the Bolts. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that was, that was a <laughs> derogatory... one of the nicer names I yes, had. So. <laughs> yeah, it was the derogatory term in the playground. You know, you call the kids from Lithuania and all that area the Bolts, you know, they're from the Baltic states. Yeah. So what language did you speak at home? So at home I just spoke English. I unfortunately wasn't taught Lithuanian or um, Dutch. Mm. So. Are your parents still alive? Yes, they are. They're about your age, I think, Joe. What? 70? They accept their generics? Yeah. I can't yeah. believe it. So you, you were kind of a late twinkle in their eyes, were you? Yeah, so I'm adopted. Right. So um, it takes a long time. Well, it, I don't know what the system's like now, but it took a long time when my parents adopted me to be able to adopt a child. You had to be married for like 
at least seven years yeah. and have yeah. tried everything else to yeah. have children and mm-hmm. all of that stuff. So that's why I'm a late, late addition to their life. Right. So do they have any other adopted kids? Or? Yeah, I've got one brother mm-hmm. um, and he is also adopted. Mm. Uh, I, don't want, I, don't, I don't know if you want to go into that regarding your um, origins. Or? Oh, go for your life. Well, just tell us about it. Um, yeah, so I've never not known that I was adopted. It's always been something I was aware of. Um, mm. We used to have like adoption get-togethers where we would have picnics and stuff with other adopted kids. So it's never been like a weird thing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't. I don't have or didn't have contact with my biological mother um, until recently. I did a, a DNA test um, over the pandemic and. I've now made contact with her, so that's been interesting. Hmm. Was this you kind of self-found on the... I understand that some people do DNA tests and they can actually go on the net and uh, track down relatives. Did you do it that way? Yeah, so that's what, that is what happened. I wasn't particularly interested in finding biological family, but I wanted to know more about my um, cultural heritage. Mm-hmm. So that's why I did it. I didn't actually think I'd find family, which is naive now that um, I've done it. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I found found her and I knew that um, her family grew up in, or her family was from Sale. Mm-hmm. So I found the link there and then emailed, um, emailed her and reached out and she was receptive to my email. So that's good. Well, that's interesting. You did it the... Uh the 21st century way, not the old way, yeah. where you had to contact the department who then, you know, it was just a kind of very difficult way. I'm surprised, I'm surprised. Did uh, give you any insight into your cultural background? Uh, yeah, so I have Irish um, cultural history, so, mm-hmm. yeah. So have you got any uh, biological brothers and sisters that you know of? Uh, one biological brother. Right. Oh, oh yeah, biological half-brother. Half-brother. So he, he's a lot younger than me. He'd be a bit surprised by all this news, I think. Yeah, I, I have not spoken with him and I'm not sure what he knows. Right, so, right. Okay. Yeah, but that would be surprising. <laughs> hmm. So what uh, dr- drove you? You must have felt that you feel a need to find out or just just curiosity? or um, Just curiosity, I think. And, like, you know, everyone's trying to find their place in the world. I guess, and I wanted to find out if um, knowing my culture would help me do that. <laughs> right. So what are your parents like? Um, my parents are, are, are lovely people. Mm-hmm. Um, they're Catholic, very Catholic. They go to church every Saturday and they're involved in Saturday? the ministry. Saturday. Or, yeah, Saturday, I'm pretty sure. No, 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 no. There's Jehovah's Witness if they go Saturday. If they, Catholics go Sunday. Oh, well, I think there's church on both days in um, Moi. But maybe it is Sunday. I don't know. has to be Sunday. Um, look, I, look, I'm a lapsed Catholic. Give me a break. I used to yeah. be dragged by the ear into church as a little giddy on Sunday. We never went on yeah. Saturday. That was the Jehovah's Witnesses Day. Yeah. Well, maybe it is. Um, for some reason, I've got Saturday in my head. But yeah, it used to be Sunday. We used to go as a family on Sunday. I, I think I may have just misled you. It's the Seventh Day Adventist Day. Is the Saturday? <laughs> oh, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. So many. And so yeah, many, my. Yeah, go on. Okay, you, you go. No. No, no. I just said there's so many branches of Christianity. It's hard to keep up with them. There is. 
Yeah, I think there's a lot of churches in the Latrobe Valley, and I've never heard of half of them. Um, <laughs> All right, so you knew you were adopted. Uh, mm-hmm. What was it like at school, say primary school first? Yeah, so I went to a Catholic primary school, a really small one. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that was fine. Everyone's always been interested in about uh, in my adoption, um, but I wasn't like bullied or anything like that. Um, people just used to ask a lot of questions. Uh, I think they were more interested in uh, me being Lithuanian and Dutch than me being adopted. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, that's a bit exotic, being Lithuanian and Dutch. I mean, being adopted, yeah. <laughs> anybody can be adopted, but not everybody can be Lithuanian and Dutch, <laughs> you know. <laughs> right. And what was life like at home? for? A... Yeah, it was good. Like, I grew up on a farm, a hobby farm property. Right. Um, and so my Tatukas, my grandpa in Lithuanian, um, he used to have a, a hobby farm and he had an amazing garden and he kept chickens and cows and um, he loved being up on the property. He didn't live there. He lived in town but used to come every day um, to look after the farm. So I have a lot of memories of making waffles with him. I don't know why he loved making waffles. And we used to Hang on. make what, what, that was your Lithuanian grandfather or your Dutch yeah. grandfather? Yeah. And he was My making waffles. And he was making yeah. waffles. Must have, must, have, must, making waffles. must have been must have been your mum who uh, got him involved. That's a that's a Dutch pastime making waffles, you know. Maybe. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um oh, oh the poffitches are the Dutch the little pipelady thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and yes, I used to spend lots of time there. He used to um, slaughter chickens. <laughs> and Good. Did you like? Um, did you like watching them run around without a head? I did never see that. Um, the, most, <laughs> the most graphic thing I ever saw was um, that we used to put the chicken guts up on the fence post to attract the kookaburras to keep the snakes away. Yeah. So that's what I. That's the most violent thing I witnessed. Though I became a vegetarian pretty young. <laughs> What's what's pretty young? Uh, about I think I, the idea started forming when I was about ten, right. and I knew that I had met someone who was vegetarian and knew that you could just not eat meat if you didn't want to. You're kidding. And then it was, what's wrong with yeah. you? Yeah, <laughs> at ten, at ten, you you yeah. you're corrupted by a vegetarian. Well, How did it well, happen? No, it, also, it's I, there's a few little things um, in my history that I think probably led me down that path, which is I had a, a pet cow called Bruno. Don't tell me Bruno ended up on the in the roast. Yeah, Bruno ended up in the roast because um, there was a really bad drought yeah. and uh, we couldn't keep feeding the animals. So I found out that Bruno went to the, the slaughterhouse and that we were eating Bruno, and um, that wasn't <laughs> wasn't very good. <laughs> no, you, you never you never name any animal you're going to slaughter. It's that simple. It's like yeah, naming your well, children, you know? <laughs> I wasn't allowed to have a dog, which I really wanted, so I had to have a pet cow. And <laughs> and it got slaughtered. Yeah. Yeah. It got slaughtered, yeah. yeah. It must have been tragic. Yeah. Well, it is, it is. You get you hear the story all the time, you know, the pet chook or the pet turkey that ends up, or the pet duck that ends up on the dinner table because kids think it's a pet and parents think it's, you know, food, basically. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm I'm sorry for your for your experience. You know, I offer my condolences. You know. Oh, thank you. I'm I'm over it now. 
So, in primary school, did you notice that you're good at anything? Um, I was good at acting and performing uh, in primary school, and I really liked English, but I hated math and science. Well, I didn't hate science, but it kind of just, they came lumped together in my mind. So. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I met one of your crew today. Oh, yeah? M- me and Kelly went down the road for a sandwich in between programs. Or Kelly and I, I should say. Not me and Kelly. Kelly and I went down the road for a sandwich (laughs) and and a coffee, and it came to $26.50. For a sandwich? No, no, two sandwiches and one coffee. Hey, hey, this is Fitzroy, okay? We pay Fitzroy. This is not Moey, all right? We don't go to KFC and, you know, get our... Vegan burgers there, okay? So we went down <laughs> there and I thought, I'm going to help this crew out because people are always short of change and they always pay in cash because I'm not, I'm not into plastic that much. So I gave the woman at the till $52 and she couldn't do the maths. She had to ask the boss mm. to do the maths. So you're one of that type, are you? You can't do the maths. I could cheat oh, you, could I? I? I have. I worked in retail for a very long time, so mm. I can work out basic um, change maths and stuff like that. But mm. I recently had to fill out a budget, and um, it was very overwhelming. <laughs> a budget. Oh, we'll go into that yeah. in a minute. So you got this nice little Catholic school. You reach mm-hmm. grade seven, and where do your parents throw you? So um, they wanted to send me to Trafalgar, or actually they wanted to send me to Presentation um, College, which was the Catholic high school, but I decided that I was not Catholic by that point and didn't hang want on, to go Hang there. on, hang on, hang on, hang I'm on. I'm a bit shocked. Here you are, your parents are taking you to church, they feed you the bloody your pet cow, they look after yeah. you, right, and you rebel at the age, was it 12, 13? You say you don't want to go to a Catholic high school. What's well, wrong with you? I refused, I refused to do my confirmation in grade five or grade oh. six or whatever it was before then. What's wrong because with I you? Didn't, I just did. I'm a rebel, Drew. I just didn't buy it. <laughs> you didn't buy it? No. Uh, well, I beat you. I, I didn't buy it at the age of six. Yeah, and, but there was I, a, there was a sexual overtone to it. I was I was in church one day because we'd come to see the ordination of these uh, young women as uh, nuns, mm-hmm. and they were called the brides of Christ. That's what they were called. The bride, they were Christ's bride. Isn't there get, a famous book of yes, that title? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but this is before the famous book. But that's their title, Brides of Christ. That's what they're described as. They they marry Christ. They don't marry you know somebody else. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm sick. I'm thinking that's not very fair. Why's got Christ got Christ got all these women, and you know, <laughs> you know, other people can only get one wife. What's going on here? And that's when it started. Yeah. And then when I got older, I had a um, an argument with the priest at age twelve, about your age, regarding predestination, because I was a naughty boy too, like you. You were a naughty girl. We were <laughs> naughty people, both of us. And I said, well, if God knows everything we're going to do, and He knows I'm going to be naughty. What's the point of being good? He knows I'm going to be naughty. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good argument. <laughs> yeah. So did you use those type of arguments or were you just, was it a gut feeling? No. So I, I guess if I were to narrativize this, 
Um, I guess one of the things that happened in my early life was I had this dog that I really loved when I was finally allowed to get a dog. Mm -hmm. And her name was Buffy because I was obsessed with Buffy, the vampire slayer, the TV show. (laughs) And um, my... I had to put my dog outside one day because I had a friend over and she was scared of dogs. And this was like the tiniest dog. It's like a miniature Jack Russell. Yeah. I don't know who was scared of it. But anyway, she was. So I had to put it outside while she was over. And Buffy got out of her collar and ran away. Mm. And I remember my mum telling me to pray to the patron saint of lost things. St. Jude's. Uh, yes, that sounds about right. Yeah. Um, and that my dog would come back. And I did, and my dog didn't come back. <laughs> well, that's that's no wonder you're a vegan. First they kill your pet cow, yeah. and then your dog runs away, and the, <laughs> and God doesn't send it back. There may be another kitty who needed it more than you. Do you understand that? That's the way it works. I'm sure yeah. someone told me that as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Hmm. Yes, yeah, so that's kind of what led that, to that path. And then the confirmation was a really big deal, like we were confirming that we believed and I just didn't believe. So hmm. I couldn't confirm that. Hmm. Um, How did your parents feel about this? Not very good. I had to have meetings with them and with the priest at the church and hmm. everything like that. And no one was particularly um, enthused about this decision. And I, there was lots of bribery attempted to get me to do it. As well, and eventually I agreed um, because I was bribed. But I was in year eight at that point, um, and I just did it. Oh, you do it to keep your parents. You do it to keep your parents happy. It's all right. Yeah. You know, it's all right. It wasn't a big thing. You didn't believe in it. You know, and they didn't dunk you in the water in those days, did they? For confirmation, you got a little cross put on your around your neck or something, didn't you? Yes, that's right. Hmm. Yeah. And you got a middle name from a saint as well. Uh, what's your middle name? Well, I had to be difficult about that too, Joe. Um, so there was a saint Anastasia, yes. but I didn't want to be Anastasia. I wanted to be Alastasia. So I argued that I should be able to have this different name that was kind of a saint. And so that was my my middle name for that. <laughs> You're a horror of a child. You were a <laughs> horror of a child. What did your brother think about all this? Um, my brother is like the most passive person ever who just goes along with things. So um, I don't think he would have thought very much about it. <laughs> oh, right, right. So he's not the type that would jump in the deep end of the pool not knowing how to swim. No, definitely not. <laughs> and I assume he's had a better life than you've had then. Mm-hmm. You agree? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> Yeah, you know it's it's, um, it's the easy life when you go along with things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the old story about what is it the um, willow and the um, the big um, oak tree and the, and the wind. Yeah, you're the oak tree, and here's the willow. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully, you don't get broken. So, what is that expression? What's the expression? The willow and the oak tree. Mm. Well, the wind. You don't get it. No. I've have, never you met, have, you, have you ever met a, a, such a Obtuse producer doesn't understand anything. What do you reckon, Stephanie? You understand well, the willow and the oak tree. I know I the apple. I know about the acorn it. not falling no, no, far, no, no, but I don't no, know no, about no. this wind one. Well, it's 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 a little lesson for people like you. Go on then, rebel. Educate all right. me. All right. There's a big wind, right? The willow bends with the wind and survives. The oak tree fights the wind and is uprooted and dies. So there's no point rebelling. 
Isn't that right, Stephanie? Go with the flow. Is that what you're saying? Go with the flow. No, I think you should definitely rebel against the flow if the flow sucks. And that's what Joe's always done. He's always rebelled, so I don't know what you're talking about. I'm I'm, I'm giving some fatherly advice, (laughs) Kelly, all right? I mean, it's stranger at 3CR. I'm known around here in certain quarters as bad nonno, you know, the bad grandfather. So I'm giving her some good advice and she she ignores it. But Stephanie, you ignored your parents' advice too. Yes, yes I did. So where did you you go to high school? Yeah, so I went to Luana Secondary College in Mm. um, Newborough, which is like half a town over. It's supposed to be a different town, but it's really not. Um, what do you mean? That, that's where they wear the moccasins and they wear the Ugg boots where you are. It's a, it's a different town. No, no, no. Well, yeah, maybe. Yeah, kind of. Exactly yeah. like that. Um, and it's, it was an okay place to go to high school. They had a really good art department and a music department and theatre department, which is why I wanted to go there. Um, but I wasn't particularly excellent at school, really. Not even at theatre? Well, I was good at that stuff, but just as a whole, um, wasn't great at going to school, showing up to my classes, and all of that kind of thing. You didn't want to go to school? What's wrong with you? (laughs) Well, I don't know. I might have some kind of a problem with institutions, I think. (laughs) Um, Or is it discipline? Yeah, maybe discipline. I think that's what my dad would say. Yeah, You realise there's a... uh, Every year they add new so-called psychiatric um, syndromes to this uh, psychiatric encyclopedia. The DSM-5? Yeah, I've got, a, I've got one for you. Yeah. The new one's been added in the last few years. It's called Authority Defiance Syndrome, A-D-S. And that's what you've got, Stephanie. That's why you're yeah, on... that's accurate. <laughs> that's why you are on Radical Australia, because you've got Authority Defiance syndrome, and it yeah. happened as a three-year-old when you jumped in the <laughs> deep end of the pool. <laughs> so this doesn't sound very good as far as your marks are at the end of year twelve. No, so I didn't make it to year twelve. I dropped out about six months early before exams. So I don't even know what my exams would have been. But I had good study scores. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember seeing that and being a bit disappointed that I didn't just do the exam um, because, yeah, I thought I was going to do badly and thought I should just not worry about it. <laughs> oh, well, we all make mistakes in life. Don't worry about it. So this this set you up for a, a career in the retail industry, did it? Uh, well, yeah. First I went to study music right. um, at TAFE and so I did that for two years. And, yeah, then I wanted to move to Melbourne why? Why? You're in the centre of the universe. Uh, because I like the music and I like the art and I like the idea of the lifestyle. And uh, the it idea. wasn't the Latrobe Belly, I guess. So. Yeah. so you went You went to Melbourne and uh, obviously you uh, became part of the lifestyle? Yeah. Um, got a job in uh, working on first, uh in Richmond. And was working at a busy retail store there. And then I was working in Fitzroy for years. Where? On um, Smith Street at Glowweave, the shirt store. Nothing wrong with that. I've had, I've had Glowweave shirts in my past. They were very nice yeah. Australian-made shirts. They were. They weren't when I was managing the store, unfortunately. No. They were all made overseas. That's but right. But they had yeah. a really good reputation and 
um, people used to come into the store saying that they'd worked at the company in the 60s and the 70s and that it had been a good job for them. Yeah. Full-time, yeah. award wages, the type of thing yeah. you don't see these days and obviously the type of job you didn't have in retail. No. So I, well, I started as a casual and then um, became manager after a couple of years there. Mm-hmm. And what, did that entail bigger salary or more responsibility? Uh, it entailed more responsibility and less money. <laughs> You're kidding. No, yeah, I, I would have made more money if I'd stayed casual and worked the full-time hours. Right. And what did you like best about the job? Um, I probably just liked the people that I met working, Right. I guess. So I, I'm a chatty person. I like meeting people and hearing yeah. their stories. Um, so I liked that, and I liked working on Smith Street because it's all happening there. <laughs> Well, yeah, look, uh, it was a great place in 1971, you know. I think it's gone downhill since then, but that's a different story. You know, we had the we had the uh, Collingwood uh, three-store at 21 Smith Street in Fitzroy, nearly opposite 3CR. No, this is 21. Was it 42 Smith, Smith Street or something? Yeah. But I think it's gone downhill since 1971. It's, the gentrification has definitely probably happened several times over since then. <laughs> Yeah, but I think I think um, the um, locals are fighting back in many ways. It may be gentrified, but it's a superficial gentrification. And uh, but it has been pretty nasty in the last six years or so with all these multi-story apartments and the change of um, the demographic of the of the suburb. You know, we yeah. we we don't have many people listening to three CR in Fitzroy. It's not that's that weird. I know. I know, it's unbelievable. But that's a different matter. Hi there, music lovers. It's Jane. And Joe here. From Music Music Matters. Matters. We're here to remind and encourage you to either renew or subscribe to this extraordinary volunteer-based community radio station that is 3CR. Why? Well, for over 45 years, since 1976, it has provided a space for underrepresented voices and independent musicians outside of the commercial mainstream. We curate and talk to artists that entertain and inform you, whether it's personal, political or both. 3CR plays at least 55% Australian music each week. But Music Matters is always way above that. So the choice is yours, though it will be good for your soul. $35 unwaged or concession. $75 waged. And $150 for solidarity, band or organisation. Go online for further details. 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe. Or ring the station during business hours, 9419 8377. You can listen to Music Matters from noon till 2 every every Friday. Friday. You're listening to Radical Australian Community Radio 3CR 855 on your AM dial. This program is streaming on 3cr.org.au. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. So were you going back and forwards to Maui during this period or see your parents? Not really. Um, Mm. So I I think I talked to my mum on the phone a lot during this time, but I would have only been coming back for like Easter and Christmas and that. Kind of thing, and when my grandparents died, I came back for a little bit then. 
but no, I was very much living in the city. Squats, squats, or just uh, shared houses? No, in share houses. Oh. So, one of my most memorable share houses had um, seven to ten people living there. At any seven at any given to time. ten? You didn't know how many. Yeah. Right. Did they all pay rent? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell me the most disgusting fridge story you can think of? Uh, I've got... So the fridge was always just generally gross, but the most disgusting thing that happened was when we got weevils in all the food. (laughs) (laughs) And they were just flying around the kitchen all the time and we just didn't know how to handle the weevil situation. They got into everything. And... um, then, yeah, I remember cleaning the cupboards and I found a bag of potatoes that had turned into like a potato bush yes. and had like crept behind all of the cupboards. Mm. Um, and yeah, so that, that was fun. <laughs> Weevils. Oh, God. Weevils. This is the 21st yeah. century. And you people yes. were actually earning money and you had weevils. Yes. Did, did you get bed lice too? Uh, no, but I did, I had, um, I got scabies when I was travelling. <laughs> uh, travelling? Oh, where'd you go? Oh, so I was just travelling around Australia, so I went up um, and was in Queensland and hanging out there and um, got scabies in and, uh, backpackers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's kind of your stigmata, isn't it, getting scabies while you're backpacking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's something you've got to do. Um. <laughs> did, did, did you wear thongs in the shower? Uh, yes, I did. Oh, good. That, that's always a good sign, yeah. I, 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 had yeah. Ex- I had an interesting experience once in India, which um, I don't want to repeat, but um, I'll bore you with it. <laughs> I think it was the day, I think it was actually the year you were born and living in this dive, you know, for a few days near the port in Mumbai. And got up at four o'clock in the morning and noticed that the concierge was sleeping on the, um, you know, the desk. And I'm wondering, why is he sleeping on the desk? And then I looked down and I'm thinking, that, that carpet wasn't there yesterday. And guess what it was? A carpet what? of rats. Oh, that's There great. were thousands of rats oh, running no. down the corridor. It was just gross. Yeah, but that it, would have made me vomit. <laughs> well, no, it made me frightened, not vomit. Luckily, I had my yeah. thongs on. <laughs> yeah. But you get those you. stories. Scabies is one of those things that's very annoying. Yeah, so what was the most annoying is, like, I had spots all over me and they were itchy. <laughs> and I went to the doctor and the doctor thought I was allergic to dairy. Right. So I cut out dairy and things like that. And it just wasn't going away. And I went to the pharmacy and the pharmacist told me that it was scabies <laughs> and that I had to like rub ointment on it and um, it went away. But the doctor had not been exposed to it because it was an Australian doctor right. and the pharmacist was from Pakistan and knew what it was. So thanks for the pharmacist. <laughs> well, there you go. It's thanks for the immigration. Now, yes, now, so obviously your nine years in Melbourne weren't really covered with glory. How did your musical career go? Yeah, so I started a band um, called Rusted Tongue, which uh, I played in for quite a few years. And I did solo, I played solo and music mm-hmm. um, as well. But I was very shy and didn't uh, seek out that many gigs because I was too self-conscious. 
It's not a good combination, meaning, you know. What, 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 do you use your voice or do you use an instrument or both? So I sing and play guitar. Guitar. Well, you're not, you're kind of not, you know, one of these A1 alpha male guitarists then, are you? No, and that's a definite disadvantage. <laughs> well, it is. So what made you go back to Maui? Um, so I think a few different things. Like I, I, I um, wasn't having the best time in Melbourne mm-hmm. uh, because I'd, I'd gone to uni and I really liked studying, but I just wasn't um, coping very well in the uni environment. And I also got evicted from the house I was living at. How can you be evicted from a house? Oh, well, like people. the people... Oh, and this wasn't that chair house. Right. This was just the house I was living at. And um, just the owner wanted to move back in. So I had to move right at the end of year of right. my uni year. And that wasn't right. very good. Right. Right. So I moved into a little flat in Ascot Vale. Mm-hmm. And um, I did not like living in a tiny flat. It wasn't very, very good for me. It was too small. And I felt like I could hear everyone coughing all the time in the other units. And everyone could hear me. And it, it just didn't go very well for me. So my um, family had been talking about selling my grandpa's hobby farm because mm-hmm. he'd um, passed away oh. and I decided to move to the farm. Right. That's good. Yeah. Your, your grandparents would be very proud of you. Yes, they would be, yes. <laughs> because it was their life, you know. It was, it, yeah. I mean, it's kind of the immigrant story. You come here, you work hard and you need something, something. You don't go to the pub and... You don't take drugs and you don't go to the pokies and you can't find a little piece of land somewhere and uh, do something with it. So I can understand how important it was to them. Yeah, so it's uh, so. what's really interesting is my Tatukas bought this property, oh, I think, in the 70s for, like, no money at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he moved a house onto the property from Yawan, which is an old mining town that doesn't exist anymore, so they moved that house here, and my grandparents lived in the house while they built. Uh, sorry, my parents lived in the house while they built their um, their house now. And now I'm living in the house that they lived in, and we're on the same 24 acre property, but at opposite ends. And my grandpa always wanted the family to like live on the property and farm, and um, we're kind of doing that. It's just unfortunate that my Tatukas isn't around to see it. <laughs> mm, you seem to have had a very good relationship with him. Yeah, I love spending time with him. Hmm. Why? Because you're in in the open and working on the land or just the I conversation? I think so. We're working on the land and because um, he liked music mm-hmm. and he used to sing in the Lithuanian choir and stuff and I liked singing too, so we'd always play piano and or keyboard together and sing songs and he just always encouraged my music and stuff like that. So, yeah. Hmm. That's wonderful. It's good to have those memories because while you remember him, I'll stay alive. It's a very, very lonely existence being a being a migrant in many ways, especially if you don't uh, assimilate in inverted commas into mainstream culture. And sometimes assimilating into mainstream culture isn't that pleasant, really, is it? Yeah, no, definitely not. <laughs> so I think um, the Lithuanian house um, in oh my gosh, where is it? In North Melbourne, mm-hmm. that was a, a big hub for lots of the Lithuanian people to keep community together, mm-hmm. and also because my family were involved in the church, they used to have Lithuanian mass um, on this property, 
and they'd have Lithuanian people from all over Victoria come and get a Lithuanian priest in. So I think that kept that community together. Right. So I don't know how to put this. I don't want to. Be, I don't want to pry too much, uh, Stephanie. But uh, you're living on the property by. I know your parents on one side, but are you living in the house by yourself, or are you? No, so I live with my partner and our three animals. Ah, so when did all this happen, this partner business? Oh, uh, about 12 years ago. Well, you should have stayed in Melbourne then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we, we met in Melbourne. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Not one of those dives, was it, you know, where you play music? Yeah, it was in a dive bar, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's good that it's lasted 12 years. That's wonderful. What did your partner yeah. think, think about? Is your partner from Melbourne or are they um, kind of more uh, regional people? So my partner came from Horsham originally mm. ah. and then uh, went to Bendigo and yeah. is now in lovely Maui. Yeah, so you are likes attract, likes attract, that regional. Yeah. You had your little fling in the city and you decided it wasn't for you. Well, I'd love, I'd love to come to the, back to the city under very specific circumstances, which will never happen. So. Like, if I, if I organised a gig for you, would you come back to Melbourne? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd play a gig. <laughs> All right. I'll leave it with me. I mean, um, uh, yeah, if rental prices went down, like, drastically. Can't you um, catch the train? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'd live in the city again. Oh, live in the city? The, yeah, if the rent went too high. <laughs> So, so what? You're an economic refugee. You've gone back to Mo well, because of the rents. Kind of like we couldn't afford to live in a um, bigger place than mm, the flat. Mm. So, yeah, and we couldn't afford like I, the house I was living in when uh, my partner and I were both working full time was quite nice, and it had a garden and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, going back to study um, and being back on Centrelink isn't isn't a great way to afford. Uh, um, nice accommodations in the city. <laughs> no, so you're still studying? Yes, yeah, so I was um, studying. I'm taking the semester off at the moment because I have carpal tunnel. Left or right? Both hands. <laughs> uh, is this from the farm work? Uh, I think it's from the studying. <laughs> the studying? Well, you're ambidextrous. Well, no, but writing on, typing on a computer, you use both hands, so... I, mean, I wouldn't know that I'm too old to actually know yeah. how to type. So. <laughs> Fair oh, enough. So you've got, you've got a modern technological disease, very nasty carpal tunnel syndrome, very nasty. Yeah, very it really is. Mm. Yeah. I didn't know it was so bad. I just thought it was like something that people get and it's fine, but it's been completely debilitating for me. I mm. can't play guitar at the moment. Mm. Um, sometimes I can't open door handles or mm. do zips up. Right, and... Uh, are you looking at surgery or are you trying just to get a rest? So I tried the rest thing. Um, mm. Last year I just did one um, subject for the last semester of last year and was just wearing wrist cuffs all the time and um, trying not to do anything that aggravated it, but it didn't help. Mm. So now I'm waiting for surgery. Well, are you going to do both at the same time? Hopefully, yes. Well, I hope your partner is a nice, caring Human being, because, they are, oh, yes. because it's not a good time post surgery when both hands you can't use both no. hands for a few weeks. It's not a good time. Ever thought about how you're going to wipe your bum? 
no, hopefully someone can help me with that. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. I hope your partner. Yeah. <laughs> people don't understand these little things when you do both at the same time. So, yeah. so what what do you do on the farm? Um, so where well, I'm trying to grow enough vegetables to feed um, myself, my family, and my friends. I guess, mm-hmm. um, but that it's a it's all been a learning process, and it's not happening at the moment. Um, but yeah, on the farm, yeah, we just try and live with the land, I guess, and grow food. So, what are you growing? Well, at the moment, I've got end-of-season tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got lots of thyme and basil and sage and herbs and stuff like that. And it's time to plant now. Well, it's autumn planting at the moment. So I'm hoping to get some um, cauliflowers and cabbages and stuff happening. Mm. So that just sounds like a small area on a 24-acre farm. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a very small small um, scale at the moment. We're just trying to figure out what grows well in our microclimate and what it would be sustainable uh, to, to yeah, grow and manage. Garlic season. Yeah, it is garlic season, yeah. yeah it's easy. You use clothes, it's very easy. And it doesn't take much caring. It looks after itself. That's true. It's like six months grow, six to eight months grow time, I believe. That's so. right. That's right. And then yeah. bingo, harvest time. Yeah. Now, tell us about these three animals you suggested are living on the property with you. Yeah. So I have a dog called Ernie, um, <laughs> who's a rescue dog. <laughs> right. Not after Ernie Dingo, is it? No. I yeah. don't know. I think I think um, maybe it was after the Sesame Street characters, right. Ernie and Bert, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure. Um, he was a rescue from a bad backyard puppy farm, mm-hmm. so I don't know what the intention was there. And, um, yeah, we have two cats. They're both black, and their names are Miso and Yushi. Can I ask why? Why we have cats? No, or? why you named them? I can't understand why you have cats. Ah. Uh, because um, I wanted to name the cats after food. Right. And so I wanted, like, Miso in Miso Soup. Yep. And I wanted to call Yushi Sushi. Mm. Um, but so my that's not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> sushi so, goes. um yeah, sushi cat. So we compromised and went with Yushi, which is kind of sushi, but not. <laughs> well, look, I, I agree with your partner. It's no good having your cat called sushi. People get <laughs> ideas. Yeah. So the rest of the farm, do you do anything with it? Um, so, no, it's just all got trees on it and some dams. Um, and we are adjusting it at the moment um, to our neighbours who have a, a three horses and two miniature ponies and, like, seven... Mm. And so they've, they've that's been keeping the grass down, and that's been really good. We did have animal other animals in the paddock um, to start with, but they have died. They didn't. You didn't send them to the knackery, did you? No, no, no. they died of old age. Yeah, okay, <laughs> all right. I just wondered, you know, maybe I thought you'd change. You were no longer a you were vegan or a vegetarian. I've forgotten. Vegan now. Vegan, vegan now. So what's tell me. You know, I kind of I like vegan food, and I don't eat mm-hmm. that, I eat meat. I'm I'm a, I'm an omnivore. Somebody gives me meat, I'll eat it. Um, what's your favourite vegan recipe? My favourite vegan recipe. 
Um, well, I'm quite partial to miso soup, and <laughs> why I call my cat that, and that can be vegan. Um, I think I like noodley dishes, anything with noodles and vegetables. Right, right. Anything easy to make, it seems. Yeah. A... I made um I made a quiche, a vegan quiche last night, which mm. was pretty good. Right. We didn't get a piece. Kelly and I didn't get a piece. What's going on? <laughs> well, I'll send it in the mail, but it might not be good when it gets there. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to send it with those weevils and scabies you had. <laughs> no, no, no. All right. I left them in the past, so they're long gone. <laughs> right. You sound, your life seems, apart from the carpal tunnel, obviously, seems reasonably idyllic. Have you got any plans? Well, um, at the moment, I am working on a podcast, mm-hmm. um, and I'm also working on a documentary film um, that's all centred around the rehabilitation of the Latrobe Valley as a coal mining area. Right. Um, yeah, so I plan to finish that documentary and keep recording that podcast, I guess. Right. Um, and yeah, go back to study. So you'd have a bit of street cred, because obviously you're from Maui. Because mm-hmm. I think I think a lot of people get a bit pissed off when people from outside come and say you need to do this and you need to do that. So, yes, so, that's right. So you've got that advantage. So what's the feeling these days down in the in the Latrobe um, Valley? So I feel like everyone knows that the change is coming, that the power stations are going to close down, and that mine rehabilitation needs to happen. And I think that um, people know also that the renewable energy is the future of the area. Uh, And I think that a lot of people were concerned about losing out on jobs and things like that with the mines closing. Um, But I think people have grown to accept that as long as there is a job to go to, they don't mind if it's in coal or if it's in renewable. And so I think, yeah, that's kind of the, the mood of the moment. But people are concerned about what is going to happen to, um, what is going to happen to the mines. Because across Australia, there's around 10,000 mines that have just been abandoned by mining companies. And the um, that would be a massive problem if that happened in in Morwell, with, or in Morwell and the Latrobe Valley. Um, because we've got the Hazelwood Mine, which you might remember in 2014 caught fire. Mm-hmm. And that covered the town in toxic smoke and um, caused a lot of health problems and concerns for the locals. So if the mine isn't rehabbed in the right way, it could be at risk of catching fire again or collapsing and pulling some of the town and moel into it. So, um, yeah, the concern at the moment is to get the mine, the Hazelwood mine rehabbed in the right way, which would set up a plan for the other mine's rehabilitation. Yeah, but as, as you stated, in these contracts that have been signed when the mines were privatised, there's no option for the owners to actually rehabilitate the land, so it becomes a state government responsibility. Well, yes, so it's a, whatchamacallit, at the moment it's the mining operators and the state government working together Mm -hmm. to try and come up with a mine rehabilitation plan, Um, but there's only, there's a a very um, small land lease that the mine operators are only responsible for the land, I think it's for 99 years or something like that. So, um, they could step away from it and leave it to be solely the responsibility of the state government and only have to pay a minor fine. That's right. 
Yeah, it's uh, one of the deficiencies of these uh, contracts where people 30 years ago, when it was privatised, didn't actually think that the coal mines would ever close down. Um, That's fair. So are you involved in any organisations in Maui regarding this particular issue or are you doing this independently? Um, so I'm doing this independently with my um, uh, my film and podcast partner, Josie, um, and we, we've chat to a lot of the organisations that are around to make the podcast and to make the film, um, but I'm not aligned with a particular organisation. Right. So uh, with the film, are you doing most of the uh, filming yourself? So at the moment we have been. So we're in um, pre-production and so we've been shooting scenes, I think, for the last 16... Oh, sorry. We've shot 16 scenes over the last two years Mm -hmm. and um, we're looking for development funding and that kind of thing at the moment. So we're going through the regular screen agencies for that, like Screen Vic and Screen Australia. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And how about the podcast? That's an easy... The podcast is just totally independent. Mm. And so how, when do you hope to have that finished? And is it going to be a regular feature? Yeah, so we've, uh, we've got our first season planned, um, which is for seven episodes at the moment. And in each episode, we talk to a different person who can tell us about a different thing in the Latrobe Valley. The first one, we spoke to um, Rhonda Hasty, who was the CEO of the Mineland Rehabilitation Authority, and uh, she explained to us the importance of rehabbing the mine. And for our second episode, we spoke to Wendy Farmer, who um, told us all about the Hazelwood Mine Fire and um, also about other community groups that are involved in the valley and then we've got our other the rest of our season planned so that'll be seven episodes there's two out already mm-hmm. um and the third one should be coming out very soon so how, 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 how does an idiot like me access it well you can go to www.coalfacepodcast.com or S- um, sli- you can... slowly slowly please remember i'm an septuagenarian <laughs> www.coalfacepodcast.com and so you can access it there but you can also just search Coalface Podcast and we are on all of the podcast platforms like Spotify and Podcast Addict and Google Podcast or whatever that is yeah you you can Google us and find us on Instagram too Google you? Don't you use any other search machines? You only use Google do you? No, but Google's like the thing. <laughs> oh, it's like an esky, isn't it? The Google is yeah. the esky of the 21st century. Yeah, it know? is. I mean, it, um, and, it, and Google it, mate, is the popular phrase of the moment. <laughs> yeah, it is the popular phrase. So um, apart from dreaming about coming back to Melbourne and getting a mortgage for the rest of eternity, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, you've got two minutes to tell our listeners what's important in life. Um, what's important in life? I think it's happiness um, and satisfaction, and that's like a personal thing. And I think trying to make the world a better place is important, and trying to do that in whatever way you can. Hmm. Well, Stephanie Sabrinska, I'd like to congratulate you on a life well lived. And I hope that carpal tunnel surgery goes well. And I hope it, uh, with this uh, new injection of funds into the public health system in Victoria, hopefully the waiting period will decrease for you. And I'm also hoping that your podcast will continue for eternity. (laughs) 
because <laughs> because that problem you've you know you've earmarked in Maui and the Latrobe Valley is a huge issue for everybody, a huge issue, and um, it's good to see that uh, you're working there towards. Uh, helping to resolve the issue with the uh, important players in that region. And as I said, yeah. and as I saw you and your partner, well, I don't know about your partner, your partner's from Horsham, maybe they don't get the same respect you get from Maui, but <laughs> I'm being facetious, sorry. But, uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, but I, I think I think you'll, you'll both do really well. And uh, can I give you some unsolicited advice? I'm an expert at unsolicited advice. Sure, go for it, sorry. Don't go back to Melbourne. You're wasting your time. <laughs> you, I look, I, I live in Melbourne and outside Melbourne. I do both simultaneously, and I can tell you, you're wasting your time. You haven't got a mortgage. You've got a nice house. You've got f- air. I, I was going to say fresh air, but you can't say that about the hill place. But, <laughs> no. you, but you've got air and you've got space and you've got time and you're doing things you want to do. And uh, you come back to Melbourne, you'll be... You'll be like a, a rat on a bicycle. They're everywhere. Yeah, and that's the, the trap, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> you have to keep yeah. working to afford to be there. <laughs> exactly. So, look, you're a great Australian. I wish you all the best in the future. I think with people like you uh, on the planet that uh, we've got a, a wonderful future to look forward to. I know many people think that it's all gloom and doom, but I think uh, a lot of people are coming out of the woodwork and doing a lot of really interesting and positive things to resolve the issues that... Uh, Old people like I have created for uh, the younger generation. So thank you very much for spending your time on Radical Australia. Thanks for having me on, Joe and Kelly. So the remnants of you were left in my room. You took the train home. What a strange combination. I know you so well. I've known you so long. When the touch moves the touch I give to you so much We crossed over the line It's too good to give away this time I can't call met someone special Cause you are the one All our strange conversations Six years of you listening To me on the phone But when the touch moves to touch I'm wanting you so much To There's millions of wonders and wondering too Do I take what is given or ask for a ribbon to tie it up too When the 
Been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.